You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Frugal Spender Podcast. This is episode 14 and today I wanted to talk to you about why you will never be satisfied with your goals. Now as clickbaity as that title may sound, it's something that I'm increasingly learning to be true and I think applies to not only your health, your wealth, your fitness, but in fact pretty much everything. Have you ever heard things like, when I get that job I will have made it, when I drive that expensive German car I also know that I have made it, and when I get that six pack I'll be happy. I have consumed a lot, and I mean a lot of content over the last couple of years about not only personal finance, but productivity, self-improvement and personal growth. A subject that I've found to overlap in almost all of the positive thinking or positive action content out there is both the pursuit of happiness and chasing goals. In my opinion, bar a couple, the majority say pretty much the same thing. Set goals, change your habits to reach these goals, and then when you reach said goals, you should be happier. We live in a society that is heavily driven by goals, whether it's climbing the corporate ladder, chasing the physique you've always wanted, improving your diet, or just trying to fill in the gratitude journals that you said you were going to do and meditate as much as possible. In my own personal journey of goal setting and achieving, I came across something known as the arrival fallacy. And this is the feeling of emptiness after you achieve your goals. And this is the idea that when you arrive at the destination you desired, you don't have that feeling of satisfaction that you thought you were going to have. And this starts at a young age. I'm pretty sure you can think back to a time you really wanted a toy or to go to a theme park. And all the way up to getting there or to getting what you wanted, the anticipation built up. Convincing yourself that you're going to be so happy when you get it, only to realise that it's not amazing as you built it up to be and you very quickly forget how awesome it felt during the build-up. Now that isn't to say some material things or experiences don't bring you joy, but you need to be aware of the fact that the feelings of joy or euphoria even fade very quickly. And this phenomenon isn't unique to being a child, it extends out to being an adult too. It's like when you get that job you really wanted, only soon to find out it wasn't really what you thought it was going to be. Now that's something I can definitely relate to myself after getting my dream job of being a police officer. After 10 years of trying, only to leave once the novelty wore off and I got to take a look behind the curtain and found out the truth about what the job was really like. The rose-tinted glasses were taken off and I was able to finally be objective with my thoughts and feelings towards what I was doing. And the truth is, I thought it was just me that felt this way, but as soon as I started to understand a bit more about expectation and how it's okay to realise that things aren't what you thought they were going to be, it gave me the power to say no and walk away to follow another passion. If you've ever listened to Jordan Peterson, who's a Canadian clinical psychologist and author, side note, if you've never heard of him or seen any of his stuff, I recommend you do. It's been pretty much life-changing for me, and I think you can definitely get some value from it too. But anyway, he talks about happiness being the side effect of doing things that are meaningful. Doing that rather than chasing happiness itself. You should do things that are meaningful to you, and then work outwards to try and do things that are best for everybody. And by setting up the preconditions for happiness, by influencing the external world... The feeling of happiness might just come along, but there's no guarantees. And I've got a very specific example to me that stands out. Um, A couple of years ago, three years ago, I was on holiday with my family and a couple of our friends to Portugal. And one of the evenings we went out for dinner at a restaurant that looked very average on the outside. And I wasn't really particularly in a good or happy mood at all when we arrived. It was just another day on our week-long trip. But after we sat down at a table that was kind of designed to make it feel like we were outside in some sort of tropical garden... 
surrounded by sort of fake looking trees and nature artwork. And I ordered a drink and I looked around and I felt this overwhelming sense of joy. I realised that I was actually really lucky to be surrounded by my family and my friends in this beautiful country. I felt very much in the moment and it was all about my perception of my surroundings at the time. And this really highlighted to me that joy and happiness is a feeling that comes to you. You can't force it. The best thing you can do is manipulate your surroundings to increase the likelihood of happiness arising. And setting goals and working towards them are a great way to invoke this. The pursuit of goals is what gives you motivation and keeps the fire burning underneath you. For me, I have never been more motivated in my life than when I was trying to get out of debt. When I knew that I had a huge mountain to climb and I was moving one step at a time, but just being able to see and feel incremental progress, that was enough to keep the coals hot underneath me. And there was a sense of joy knowing I was heading in the right direction. I had an aim, I had a goal, I had a purpose and I was everything I was doing was in that same sort of direction. Every time I paid off another £100 as a celebration, I knew I was achieving something meaningful. I was even more aware of my actions sort of in other areas of my life, how I was treating my friends and family. It really zoned me in and made me feel present. And the truth is, as much as I celebrate it, you know, even on my channel, on this podcast, once I became debt free, although the weight and burden of owing somebody else money had been lifted, it soon became a gap that I need to fill with another goal. When I was working my ass off to pay off debt, I'd picture in my mind what it was going to feel like when I paid off my debt. I thought it was going to be feelings of ecstasy and that I was going to be happy all the time because, you know, I was debt free. I'd achieved this huge thing that I really, really wanted. I even remember picturing friends and family congratulating me and being really impressed that I did something, you know, obviously that I thought impressive by myself. And you know what? The day I became debt free, the only one that really gave a shit was me. But looking back, I was playing a mental trick on myself to keep myself motivated, a type of self-delusion, if you will. Now, I don't think that was unhealthy. I think anyone who's ever tried to do or accomplish anything very difficult has to have some sort of self-delusion or overconfidence. Otherwise, we just wouldn't have people like Usain Bolt breaking 100 meter world records. Whether it's a financial goal, fitness goal, or any other goal that you set, it's important to remember that the goalposts keep moving. By reaching your goal, you will very quickly need to set further goals to maintain that motivation to keep going. A good example for me of this is something known as lifestyle inflation. And this is where you adapt to your income, also known as living to your means. For the average person, whether you're on minimum wage or 100k a year salary, you find yourself getting your balance to zero at the end of the month. Sure, the person on a higher salary has nicer things, but the concept is the same and the emptiness and desire for more remains the same too. Everyone thinks that if they earn just a little bit more money, they can buy slightly nicer things and it's going to make them slightly or even more than slightly happier. Only to realise that when they get there, it actually wasn't the nice thing that they wanted that was going to make them happy. It's the next nice thing that's going to make them happy. You can see how this vicious circle can lead to sadness and sometimes depression. Look, I'm not a doctor, so I'll just speak from my own experiences and things that I've learned and read about. But I think humans aren't just designed to be happy or even content, really. We're designed to survive and to create and produce things. And there's a few studies done by scientists where they think that this is partly down to the fact that being content is almost like letting your guard down. And it's going to leave you susceptible to attack or harm, which obviously pre to the society that we currently live in, this wouldn't have been a good thing. But now, living the privileged lives that most of us do, we have outgrown this as a society, but we haven't biologically. And this rang true to me during the first lockdown. By all measures, life was pretty shit for most people. Not only were you locked up in your homes, it was actually legal to leave. But, you know, I still had to go to work and enforce those laws and see some pretty horrific things in the process. You know, it wasn't easy. 
but we had our family. We had Zoom to chat to our mates and have virtual parties. And truthfully, when I look back, it's a time that I feel quite nostalgic about. A time that should have been so very hard, but in hindsight was a time where I actually felt quite happy. I wasn't chasing anything. I was just doing what I thought mattered, spending time with my family and trying my utmost to help people when I was at work. The potentially unrealistic goals I'd set myself at the beginning of 2020 of being able to bench press 150 kilograms or to read 50 books or to invest an extra 10k all seem pretty silly when you boil down life to what it really need, which is meaning and connection. It's strange because for me, it's, it's a constant internal battle because the goals I set for myself have got me where I am today and have driven me to the point where I'm sitting here recording this podcast, doing what I can to help others who are in a similar position to me. And without those tangible goals that I set myself, there's no way that I'd genuinely be doing this. So I guess the question is, should you set goals or should you not set goals? And the simple answer I would tell you is that you should definitely be setting goals, but you must be aware that achieving these goals won't bring you the contentment that you potentially think you're going to get. Certainly not for very long anyway. Setting goals is definitely important and we need to do the short term, the medium term and the long term goals. But the more you hit your goals, the more you realise that actually isn't really the goal that is motivating you to get there. It's the progress that you make whilst going towards those goals that's important. I really do now look at goal setting as playing some sort of mental trick on myself. It's just a way for me to keep heading in the right direction and make me have the sense of not fully being where I could be. A happy balance of being both grateful and unsatisfied for me is what works. Grateful for what I have from health to enough money to have food on the table and a roof over my head and unsatisfied enough in the sense that I want more to give me the freedom and flexibility in the future. Guys, I hope this episode gave you something to think about and you can apply some of the ideas to you, either financial or fitness goals or whatever other goals that you currently have. I'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on the podcast, so please feel free to email me on brian at frugalspender.co.uk or use the contact form on the website or just leave me a podcast review on the platform you listen on. It helps this podcast reach more people and hopefully helps more people who really do need to hear this stuff. I'll speak to you guys next week. Peace.